It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS with you until shortly before 6 o'clock. There's Little League Baseball scheduled for this evening, and I think we'll get that in without much problem, although we had a brief shower just a few minutes ago here in downtown Champaign. While the sun was shining, it was raining at the same time, so it's that time of year now that we're officially into summer. 356-9397 is the phone number if you'd like to join us. Matt Daniels is with us. How are you doing, Matthew? Good. Doing good? Doing good. Thanks for turning my mic on. <laughs> You'd be doing Steve. better if I turned the right <laughs> mic on. I had uh, I had three out of four on. It was just. Uh, uh, it's all right. We uh, we leave one on uh, in, in honor of vacationing Bob Austin. So. <laughs> so what do you hear from Bob? Anything? I actually haven't in in a while, so I assume his vacation's going pretty well. But uh, yeah, well, he should be back here uh, next Monday to give us all his worldly thoughts uh, that only Bob can do. Scott Ritchie along as well. How you doing, my friend? Good. Uh, not on vacation. I think that was v- very evident. It was a busy Monday, so. Busy Monday, busy weekend. A yeah. Of, a lot of guys playing. A lot, some more offers going out. Uh, an official visit scheduled. Uh, a lot going on. Yeah, uh, college basketball never sleeps at this point. So neither do I. Uh, but yeah, this past weekend um, was uh, uh, an evaluation period for college basketball coaches, new to the the calendar. You know, this year as a change, you know, having some dates in June where they can get out and see players, and it's a totally different environment because these the players are with their high school teams uh, and not um, you know on the AAU circuits of you know various shoe brand companies. So it's a uh, so you mean defense actually gets played? Yeah, a little bit, and a lot of the players that Illinois is you know targeting they're you know the absolute guy on their high school team you know, as whereas may on uh, an AAU team there. You know, sharing the spotlight, you know, with uh, with you know other you know elite talent. So it it's just a kind of a different experience. Um, you know, get a chance to talk with Brad Underwood tomorrow, actually. And so I run that by him because you know, he wanted to you know, get out there and see what it was like first before you know really you know talking about the changes they made to the recruiting calendar. But uh, apparently liked what he saw because three new offers you know came out last night and in the 2021 class, all in-state players, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, just given kind of the, the nature of basketball in the state of Illinois, the last several classes, there haven't been, you know, th- that many, you know, high major you know, elite prospects. And you know, at this point with the three new ones, uh, Louis Lesman from Niles Notre Dame, Isaiah Barnes from Oak Park River Forest, and Brandon Weston from Morgan Park, um, almost up to now seven guys with at least some tie to the state of Illinois that they've offered in the 2021 class. I noticed in reading your coverage online of those three guys that all three of them had already transferred <laughs> <laughs> and they're still in high school yeah they're, yeah they're 16 years old yeah um yeah i guess i mean i wrote that last night and i it didn't you know 
you know, trigger the, the thought that you know, all these guys have you know, moved around. But uh, Louis Lesman has done more than most because he grew up in France. Uh, his dad, though, I believe played at Purdue, so he knows what college basketball is like in the U.S., but played at Evanston last year, now at Niles Notre Dame. Isaiah Barnes transferred from Romeoville to Oak Park River Forest uh, before um, last season, and then Brandon Weston sat out you know, most of the year at Morgan Park after transferring from Lake Forest Academy. So they're just getting a head start on what's basically <laughs> the trend now in college basketball is you know, moving around quite a bit. And it looks like Illinois will get an official visit this week, and we'll talk more about that as we move along. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to have a young man on the show uh, named Alex Markham who works for the Rivals Network out in Utah. And a player named Donnie Tillman is apparently going to transfer from Utah. He was a guy that came off the bench uh, for the Utes and had a pretty good season last year. Not the TV personality in Central Illinois either by the same name. Yeah, every other media member made the the Donnie (laughs) Tillman joke last night. But uh, the one that we're talking about in particular from from Utah, uh, he actually started, I think, what, 15 games last season for the Utes, but... Ended up, you know, playing you know, mostly off the bench. Was the Pac-12 Sixth Man of the Year, averaged with ten points, five rebounds, shot thirty-six percent from three-point range. So at six-seven, two hundred twenty-five pounds, is the type of player Illinois is looking for in kind of that combo forward role. Can he played a little bit of the three, but mostly the four at Utah. And uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, he just entered the transfer portal on June fourteenth, so it's still pretty recent. Yeah, considering some of those guys. It had been in the portal for, for months now, but uh, he had a visit at Rutgers this past weekend, and now uh, will be here in Champaign, uh, apparently, on, on Wednesday. He's originally from Detroit, is that right? Yeah, he's from Detroit, but played his high school basketball at Finley Prep in Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a lot of geography to keep track of uh, in college basketball these days, and especially tracking recruits, but uh, was a three, mo- I think, rivals in Two for Seven Sports had him as a three-star recruit out of high school. ESPN had him as a four-star, but you know he really kind of carved out a role for Utah in this past season, and I think probably would have been an even bigger part of the puzzle you know, had he returned to the Utes for another year. And he'd likely have to sit out wherever, whatever school he would land at. He'd have to sit out next season. Yeah, it just finished his sophomore season, so um, most likely, I would think he would be a sit one, play two type player. But I know. He had his his mom has had some health issues, and that was initially part of why he was uh, stepping away from Utah. And it was phrased as a leave of absence initially uh, before he decided to transfer. Um, but not sure what the the family situation is there, because I mean that would maybe play into a, a waiver. I don't know. I mean, I, you can just guess and maybe be right about what the waiver <laughs> requirements actually are. Um, there's no honestly set standard. It doesn't seem like so. I would imagine he'd be a a sit out transfer. Does his mom live in Detroit still? No, I think they were. St- she was still. I mean, I just from stuff I've read and heard, they were still in Las Vegas, but we're in the process of moving back. I think to to Michigan, so maybe that plays into it. It you never know. That's a, that's probably a case of where maybe request a waiver, go through the whole process, and see what happens. We'll learn more about uh, Donnie Tillman as a player and that situation as well. Coming up at 5.30 when Alex Markham joins us. Some uh, breaking news, pardon the pun, from uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. It was not a break, but it was a tear for Jordan Hicks, the uh, closer for the Cardinals. He 
he is out. He has a torn ligament in his pitching elbow, most likely out for the rest of the year. Yeah, you'd have to think so. And then uh, depending how quickly he can recover from what will surely be a Tommy John surgery, you know, when he might pitch again in, in 2020 uh, is up in the air right now. And uh, I know he left Saturday's game and, and initially, you know, Mike Schilt said after the game, it, it seemed to be somewhat good news. It was more of a cramp, uh, I believe, was what he said. And it uh, turns out that wasn't the case. And, uh, you know, the Cardinals bullpen, uh, which has been kind of inconsistent this season so far, uh, suffers a really big blow. And uh, you hate to see a, a talented arm like Hicks go down and, and suffer this injury just because when he gets in the game, you know, it's almost much watched TV because you're just waiting to see how fast he can throw. Uh, you know, is he going to top 100, 101, 102? Uh, you know, can he get to 103? And um, he has struggled at, at various points this season, but he, he, before this injury came out, you know, had a bright future in the game. But it's just kind of par for the course, it seems, with any high-level arm these days that it's inevitable that at some point they're going to have Tommy John surgery. It's almost just a... A question of when, not if. Now, with uh, with a lot of pitchers in today's game, you almost want to start thinking about getting it done early. Yeah, exactly. Getting it done before you even make it to the majors. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy, and and that's happened, uh, you know, throughout the country and throughout the state with some some elite talent uh, over the years. You know, having Tommy John surgery when they are in in high school or going through travel ball and, and things like that. So, uh, tough break for the Cardinals, who uh, you know another memorable sports weekend. In St. Louis, uh, one week after the Blues had their parade uh, to, with the Stanley Cup, and then you had, uh, you know, the feel-good and, the, and the, the chills and the goosebumps of everything that you saw with, with Albert Pujols being back in St. Louis. And uh, safe to say he got the loudest ovation of any uh, player uh, this past weekend at Bush Stadium. And uh, on top of that, the Cardinals, you know, won a series. And uh, with the way the Cubs and the Brewers have kind of struggled here late, there's you know, it's it's legitimate to say that it's a three-team race right now in the NL Central. It was an interesting weekend. If you watched, I've talked to several people that were there for one mm-hmm. of the games, maybe more. We had Will Leach, uh, Lauren Tate, and I did on the uh, Saturday uh, sports talk show. He was there and uh, really enjoyed. I, I guess he was there all weekend. I know he was there uh, for the game before the uh, Angels series started. Uh, wrote a preview column for MLB.com on that. Then he was there Friday night on with us Saturday, and I'm sure he stayed for the game Saturday in which Pujols hit a home run. It really couldn't have been laid out much better, choreographed much better. Yadier Molina was kind of involved in keeping it moving. He and Pujols both. Mm-hmm. In the first night, uh, Dakota Hudson gets booed when he walked Pujols. <laughs> I just thought there were a lot of neat things about it. And, of course, uh, an opposing player getting a curtain call on a home run doesn't happen. No, exactly. And, you know, it's interesting, and I think it's a clear example that time can heal a lot of wounds because let's say Pujols and the Angels played at Bush Stadium in 2012 the season right after he left the Cardinals in free agency I highly doubt he would have gotten the reception that he did uh, this past weekend at Bush but uh, you know it just seemed all the elements uh, you know happened the right way on Saturday with the Cardinals getting an early lead and being up late pretty comfortably and then Pujols comes up and you know no one's on base and he hits a solo home run and and that's when he gets the curtain call but you you kind of expected what transpired on Friday night just given what Yadier Molina has done in the past for uh, former Cardinals like David Freeze you know even guys like journeyman guys that that go off to other places he always tends to walk out in front of home plate and either chat with the pitcher real quickly or just kind of 
you know, let the moment speak for itself. And that's what he did. And it was cool to see it just play out and, um, you know, get the, that hug there between Yachty and, and Albert, I think is something that uh, sports fans are going to remember for, for quite some time. Cardinals are off tonight. They open another interleague series in St. Louis tomorrow against the Oakland Athletics, and another former Cardinal will be back, Stephen Piscotti. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll get a, a nice ovation. Don't think it'll be quite at the level <laughs> of of Pujols. Well, that's a but, tough act to follow. Exactly, but he did have some quality years there too, and uh, that trade from the Cardinals, the Athletics, even goes beyond sports, just with the fact that. Uh, Piscotti was able to return home to the Bay Area and spend some time with his his mother before she uh, unfortunately passed away from from Lou Gehrig's disease last year. So, classy move uh, by the Cardinals to give him that opportunity, and I'm sure he'll have uh, some mixed emotions when he when he steps in the batter's box on uh, on Tuesday night. Cubs yeah. uh, take on. Go ahead, Scott. I'll say I just had a quick Jordan Hicks note before we moved on because I was just interested. In fact, he throws so fast, but he has thrown the 21 fastest pitches this season in Major League Baseball, and uh, just a quick kind of thing, 48 of the top 50. So if you're re- regularly throwing 103 miles an hour, 104 sometimes, I th- it can't be great for your elbow. Yeah, you can make a case on, is it all worth it? You get, first of all, you need another pitch. <laughs> Guys can hit a 103-mile-an-hour yeah. fastball, well, but you know that's all that's going to come. Except all of his... Pitchers are like the designation that with on this uh, MLB Statcast is a sinker because I think it has so much movement at 104 miles an hour that it's right. not quite a fastball, which also <laughs> just boggles my mind that you can throw a 104 mile an hour sinker. Cardinals are off tonight, as I mentioned. The Cubs take on Atlanta. Cubs have a brief, uh, short lead over the Brewers by half game. Cardinals just two games back. White Sox are in action tonight against the Red Sox in Boston. White Sox kind of hanging in there, 36 and 39 on the season, but they're 13 games behind the Twins. Yeah, the the Twins have just kind of been uh, the surprise team in, in all of baseball. And the White Sox do have some some good young talent. It's just the pitching right now is, is suffering uh, quite a bit, especially on the starting pitching front outside of Lucas Giolito, who has really rebounded uh, from a disastrous 2018. And uh, it's always good to see uh, in Chicago both baseball teams being competitive and, and you have to feel somewhat optimistic about the White Sox chances to maybe just stay in contention for that wild card spot possibly into September which is saying something considering the last four to five seasons have been absolutely dreadful for uh, for Southsider so I'm sure I'm sure somewhere Marcus Jackson is is happy that the White Sox are at least competitive this year. Our phone line is open 356-9397-525 is the time the College World Series continues tonight with the final series, game one. How about those Michigan Wolverines, eh? Barely get in. Now they're playing for the national championship, Scott. I'll say I, I probably want to write Dan Hartlip's crew <laughs> a thank you note. You know, that, that If they get knocked out in the Big Ten tournament, maybe or lose that game and just have a different path. You know, who knows if they actually make it in to the NCAA tournament. So uh, kind of crazy to see, you know, go from one of the last teams in to College World Series you know, final series yeah it'd be good for the big 10 if they could pull it off vanderbilt's pretty good they're, they're tough no doubt about it big 10 has not won what's in 66 ohio state yeah. 1966 was the last uh last big 10 team to do so and uh michigan has helped itself out uh, throughout the college world series because they've only used three pitchers in their first three games so uh you know all the arms will be ready to go for the wolverines uh tonight and, and tomorrow night and they're able to, to win those first two, then they don't need to worry about the third game on Wednesday because they'll have won a national title. Yep, it's a uh, best of three series. Both those teams 
quite fittingly, have not lost in the College World Series. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Vanderbilt took down uh, Louisville and, and Luke Smith on Friday uh, night. He got some good TV night. time, didn't he? he? He's, uh, <laughs> he's become quite the household name here in the last, oh, 68 hours or so. And, uh, you know, we here at News Gazette Media have covered Luke quite extensively throughout his time at uh, Centennial and then at Parkland College for two seasons and um, put together a masterful pitching performance on Friday night through eight and a third innings. But, uh, that's not why he's being talked about across the country. It's for a few choice. It's his competitive edge. There you go. A <laughs> uh, few choice words that he flung in the direction of a Vanderbilt hitter and possibly the Vanderbilt dugout. And, uh, yeah, we got more on that in, in Tuesday's news because I had the chance to catch up with his dad, Tim, uh, this afternoon, talk to, to John Goble, the, the Parkland baseball coach, and uh, just try to get kind of a more comprehensive uh, look at uh, everything that's transpired in the last 72 hours for him. 527. We'll take our first time out here on Monday Night Sports Talk with Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie. I'm Steve Kelly, Bob Osmussen, still on vacation. He'll be back with us next week. Phone line is open, 356-9397. A break. Back with more after this. Stay with us. And welcome back to Monday Night Sports Talk, everybody, here on DWS. I'm Steve Kelly, along with sports editor Matt Daniels. Scott Ritchie is along as well. We're with you until shortly before 6 o'clock. Some Little League baseball on the airwaves. Where are we at in the uh, playoffs? Semi-final action tonight over at Zahn Park in Champaign. And then uh, Wednesday night, third place game at 6 o'clock. And then uh, the championship game at 8 o'clock. So. Who you got in these games? Have you? Uh, I think it's always good to go with Dodds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Illinois American Waters always won too, but I don't think they're in the semi. Is Wampler still in? I don't think so. Oh, that's too bad. It just Bacon sounds Van, like Bacon and Van Buskirk. Wampler just sounds like a team that can hit some, it does. some dingers. <laughs> it sounds like a good little league team. <laughs> Five thirty. I don't know how you segue out of that, Steve. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. Five thirty-two. WDWS Champaign Urbana. Let's talk some Illinois basketball. We mentioned this a few minutes ago when we got started that uh, Illinois, it looks like, is getting an official visit uh, this week from Donnie Tillman from Utah and Alex Markham from Rivals.com covers Utah basketball and joins us on the phone to tell us more about uh, Donnie Tillman. Alex, uh, welcome to the program. How you doing? Thanks for having me, guys. I'm, I'm doing good. Yourself? We're fine. We're kicking around here. And uh, tell us about uh, Donnie Tillman as a player, first of all, and then maybe some of the uh, circumstances surrounding uh, what appears to be his upcoming transfer. Yeah, well, Donnie Tillman, the player, ah, you know, it, it always depends on the type of Donnie that you're going to get, right? Because, um, you know, plenty of people would tell me, and then I mean, you'd see it in games. I mean, sometimes you'd see him out there and he'd, he'd look like a surefire NBA guy. Um, other times he'd just kind of disappear. Um, you know, and, and depending on the different people that you talk to, um, you know, sometimes it was a little bit of an attitude thing. Me and myself and my interaction with Donnie, he was always a great guy. Uh, always seemed re- really motivated and everything, but, you know, obviously I, I wasn't always able to see everything going on behind closed doors. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely, I mean, Donnie at his peak would be a great get, um, but it's about keeping that consistency with him. So I guess just maybe how surprising you know, was this transfer? Like I know maybe you know, initially it was kind of seen as a, a leave of absence from the team, but then what maybe did change where you know he decided that he was not going to go back to Utah you know, regardless? 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the interesting and funny thing, right? Because it's like, you know, I I try to keep positive about Donnie because, like I said, I mean, Donnie and my 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 interactions with Donnie were always awesome. He was always good to me and everything. Um, you know, the reason he was Pac-12 Six Man of the Year um, wasn't. I mean, yeah, you can take that that award as a as a compliment, right? But at the same time, too. It was because, I mean, he he got himself in the doghouse. Um, you know, he, he wasn't doing some things that the, that the program, you know, that the program saw fit and everything. And so next thing you know, he was on the bench. And, um, you know, I, I know not everybody agreed, you know, I, not everybody around the program agreed that he should still be coming off the bench and everything. But um, it, it worked out to his benefit. Um but, uh, you know, so that that's where some of the stuff kind of started. And so there were kind of some rumblings like, I, you know, I mean, don't don't be surprised if he if he bounces. And then when he went through the uh, the, the really weird thing was he went through the, dra- the draft process and didn't really get any fillers. Um, you know, a phone call was made to the Jazz to get him a tryout and everything. And so he went and he did that. But that was his only tryout. And then he ended up coming back saying, you know, with a official release saying that he was returning to the U. Um, and then, oh gosh, might've been a week later that, um, he came out with the, uh, the family stuff. Um, you know, so it was, it was a really weird, unique situation. Um, his mom, so, I mean, he's, he's from Michigan. Um, they lived out in Las Vegas the last little bit as well. And his, his mom has, had a lot of ongoing uh, health issues and Donnie's really close to his mom and everything. And so, um, you know, it, it's one of those where I mean, it's definitely valid where he's wanting to be closer to her, but it's also going to be very interesting to see where he actually does end up. Um, and I, you know, it's, it's a really, really weird situation. I mean, <laughs> Utah people out here in Utah have kind of referred to it as kind of another Derek Fisher situation. If you guys mm. remember that when uh, when he had his uh, family issues and needed to be close to family, and it was it was a really weird thing where I mean he went back to the Lakers, and the the reason he left the Jazz is because he needed to be he needed his daughter to be closer to the. Mm-hmm. to the doctor well the doctor was in new york <laughs> so, um, yeah kind of interesting situation you know there's there's not not all the truth has come out on this um you know I, again though again i mean when it comes to donnie tillman i i love the dude to death he was always good to me i wish the best for him and i hope wherever he goes he ends up being the donnie tillman that the University of Utah program saw him on his best days and, and the guy that I expected him to be. Uh, I guess when he committed to Utah, what was the what was the reaction like? What were the expectations placed on him before he ever played a game with the Utes at all? Um you know, it was it was it was a good it was a really rock solid commit for Utah. Um he was their top guy that they were going after that year. Um and I mean, he was a Utah lean for an extremely long time, and so everybody was really excited just because here's a guy that just really well rounded offensively and defensively um could play multiple positions and so 
you know, he was expected to do a lot of big things at Utah, and it, it looked like it was going to start happening, um, you know, with his freshman production. I guess just maybe looking at building off of that into a sophomore year, obviously, you know, numbers went up across the board. What what was maybe the biggest thing in just, you know, made seeing you know, his game evolve, you know, from year one to year two? Um. You know, the, the biggest thing that happened with him year one to year two uh, was, from a positive standpoint, was his three-point shot did get better, um, but it it still kind of came and went. Um, and then also um, he ended up – so I, I can't remember what he weighed this last year, and it was the same weight that he weighed as a freshman, but he shed a lot of fat and gained a lot of muscle. And so he put in a lot of work and got – to the point where um, you know he was a lot more fluid on the court and um, and a little bit faster, and so that were those were those were some of the big things that I saw from him this last year. Would you consider this if he does transfer? Would you consider this a loss for the Utah program, the coaching staff? How are they looking at it? It's definitely it's definitely a loss. Yeah, um, you know he uh, he could have had a huge positive impact this next year. And I mean, gosh, you, I mean, you, you guys, you guys see it. Guys go through struggles in their personal life, which is what he's going through right now with his mom. And, uh, because it is a, it is a very serious situation. And I just, I mean, it's, it's been that way ever since, ever since I, I know of at least. Um, and, uh, you know, Utah was, Utah was expecting him to rebound and, and have a really good year next year. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't going to be the sixth man again next year, you know. Um, so yeah, it was it was a huge blow for Utah, and it was one of those transfers that Utah has had a lot of tra- a lot of transfers these last few years, and um, you know it's kind of it, it's weird, right? Because like there's a lot of fans that get irritated about it, but then at the same time too, it's kind of been the way that college basketball has gone. And uh, you know, kids just a lot of times don't stick with their original school. It's it's bizarre to me. But um, you know, with uh, with all that, I mean, when it came down to Donnie, there were a lot of people that were saying when when they could kind of see um, him in the doghouse a little bit and him coming off the bench and everything, nobody could figure it out at first. Um, there were a lot of people sitting back saying like, you know if Donnie leaves, this is my last straw with the coaching staff. So I know that there's a lot of, um, I know that there's a lot of fan support that is definitely not happy with, the, <laughs> with them losing Tillman. I guess I'll make one last thing for you. Um, the last six games of the year he starts and the last five of those, you know, produced pretty well. Was that sort of, you know, Donnie Tillman locked in and maybe, you know, tapping into his potential those last five games? Uh, no, I, I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I would say it was just him finally loosening up and giving him an opportunity again. Um, you know, and yeah, I mean, it was, you can, you can maybe say that he was hitting his potential a little bit, um, but I mean, it, it was there. It was there. He just, the, you know, the, the consistency within the rotation for him and everything, I mean, it, it it's going to take a toll on anybody when uh, when you know that you're a guy that on, on your best day, 
you know, is is one of the top players in the entire Pac-12. But then all of a sudden you, you're finding yourself on the bench. That, that's going to take a toll on anybody. And then so you, you get thrown back in the starting lineup. And, I mean, so, you know, it's just instantly your confidence boost. Hey, Alex, we appreciate your time. We'll kind of keep our eyes on this as well and uh, maybe be back in touch with you in the, the weeks ahead. But thanks for taking time with us this hey. afternoon. Anytime, guys. If Donnie goes out there, make sure make sure they take care of him. He's he's a good dude in my book. So and uh, hey, uh, Cubby Cubby fan out here in Utah. So go Cubs! <laughs> All right, thank you very much for joining us. This is Alex Markham from Rivals dot com covers Utah basketball. It is five forty two Monday night sports talk. We'll take a break and be back with more after this. Welcome back, Monday night sports talk. Matt Daniels, sports editor, is here. Scott Ritchie, ace. Sports reporter is here. Matt and I are trying to convince Scott Ritchie not to transfer anywhere. We, yeah, like, we like him here, don't I we? I do, yeah. I, I've known Scott a long time, so I, I like to think I have some In this some world of transfers. Exactly. Yeah, well, I've been told on no uncertain terms that I can't leave. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I, I've never used those direct words, I don't think. Uh, hinted around, maybe. Yeah, so... We, just have, we just have so much fun with you here, Scott. So. Well, yeah, it was good rapport. And you cover every Illinois sport <laughs> that we need you to. So. <laughs> yeah, so again, I've been told can't leave. A new feature I noticed in the uh, morning paper today, mm-hmm. Monday morning, uh, called Good Morning, Illini Nation. Tell me about that. Yeah, uh, it's kind of the the brainchild of uh, myself and Scott and uh, Jim Rosso, our, our VP of everything news related here in, in the newsroom and uh just because there's such a such a craving of, of information such a, a high desire uh you know at alinehq.com and at newsgazette.com to to read about the illinois men's basketball team and that is evident the the day after the bragging rights game that's evident in late june as well uh, any topic related to illinois men's basketball is uh usually our our highest read sports story and it's our most sought after uh coverage that we do here in uh, sports wise and so just to try to tend to fans insatiable need for uh, information regarding the Illini we decided to come up with this new online only at the moment uh nuggets of information morsels tidbits whatever you want to call it and Call it Good Morning, Illini Nation, and it uh, pops up at IlliniHQ.com and at NewsGazette.com each morning. And uh, Scott's first one was today, and, and we'll do it seven days a week, uh, all the way leading up to the start of practice in late September. And tomorrow's already done, and it's a good one. He got in touch with Marcus Liberty, so you can hear from the former Flying Illini great on, on a few topics. And he plans to make that a little more broad uh, range and include other Illini sports, or is this going to be strictly right, basketball? Right forward? now, just basketball. Um, we may branch out and just see how it goes, but, mm-hmm. but right now, for the foreseeable future, uh, I know Scott's been working hard on it uh, You know, ever since last week, and, and we'll continue to do so throughout the summer months and into the fall as well. But uh, right now, just going to focus on on Illinois basketball and Illinois recruiting and, uh, you know, just to, to let people get their fill of information and also just to provide the, the comprehensive coverage of Illinois basketball that we, we do here at News Gazette Media. So all that stuff that's in Scott's notebook that sometimes doesn't find its way into uh, a publication anywhere? Yeah, might. that's the 
maybe the perfect place for it. It is. Because there's usually always something that gets left out just because sure. there's not enough you know, room in the, the story that I might be working on or stories plural. Uh, so uh, just totally empty the notebook for all the Illinois fans. Look at that situation last week with Josh Whitman. Mm-hmm. We had stories about every day on different things yeah, that he said. And, there was so much information. And he did. And, and again, it is, you know, because of the way the calendar is in late June, yeah. you know, school's not in session. It's not like we're sitting here talking on a Monday about the upcoming football game that weekend for Illinois. We're talking about a, a Big Ten basketball game later in the week. So it's a little slower in the sense of, of, of news cycle. But, uh, you know, Josh Whitman had a lot of noteworthy items that he addressed last week in about his 75-minute, almost 90-minute session with the the local media. And there were a number of key topics, uh, you know, come up with, with hockey and how Bobby Roundtree is recovering, the United Center game uh, next season, and touched on transfer topics. And there were some other things that, you know, we haven't hit on yet, but uh, maybe we do so later. And you're also working on your countdown to kickoff high school yeah. football, right? Yeah, exactly. That, uh, that's been spearheaded by Colin Lycus, our preps coordinator, and uh, he's done a bang-up job with that. And uh, we had our number eight team in the preseason uh, today, and, and we do that each Monday, uh, leading up to the start of practice on, on Monday, August 12th. And then once, uh, once practices get going, we'll have uh, at least two previews of, of all 37 area high school football teams in, in each day of the paper. And then we've got a, a special section coming out right before the uh, start of the season, either that Thursday or Friday, right before week one of high school football. And uh, we'll have plenty of Illinois football coverage as well. Got about a minute left before we step aside for Little League Baseball, but Illinois golf coach Mike Small made a little pocket change over the weekend, $11,000. I'd like to do that in a weekend. And playing in the uh, <laughs> American Family uh, Championship, uh, American Family Insurance tournament uh, up in madison wisconsin steve stricker had a chance to win it didn't win it uh, two or three guys had a chance to win it late it was an interesting uh, way it ended jerry kelly ended up winning it in a playoff after stricker uh, missed a birdie putt on the last hole yeah and, and stricker i think he they, they came out with a new money list this morning for the champions sir i think he's sitting 10th on the money list right now just at over seven hundred thousand. so uh, he's just playing exceptional on the on the Champions Tour, and you saw that earlier this year when he when he won a Champions Major. So good to see him uh, farewell at his own tournament, and I'm sure he had tons of other duties to deal with last week in Madison, but that didn't uh, let him stray from his, his focus on his golf game. All right, Matthew, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Bob will be back with Bob us. Bob will be back. Scott will be a full crew here next week, Steve. Keep up the good work, Scott. Thanks, Steve. It Thanks, is Steve. 5.52. Thanks for listening. Little League Baseball is up next here on DWS.